I cannot tell you how many times I have prayed, Lord, you need to do something with Dean, but really God needs to do something with me in that moment. God was aligning me with his word, not with where Dean should be. You know, I find my prayers often can be that way. Lord, you need to do something in them. And God said, let's work on you first. I, I've got them. You, you worry about you. I do pray that, Dean, but not necessarily all that way. <laughs> because often God's outcome looks quite a bit different than how we had imagined that. Acts 16, if you want to turn there, it records the story of Paul and Silas casting out a demon. And because they did this, because they brought freedom and deliverance to some, someone, they were thrown in jail because they preached in Jesus' name. They cast out this demon in Jesus' name, and uh, it did not go over well with the community, and so they were thrown in jail. So Acts 16.22, I want us to see their response and how their res where their response led them, uh, what it led them to. So Acts chapter 16, verse 22. We're going to go through verse 34 here. It says, a mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape, so the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in stocks. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly, there was a massive earthquake, and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately th uh, flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. Why did he do that? Well, if you lost your prisoners, you would be executed in this particular culture. So he thought, I'm not going to be executed, I'll just kill myself. Verse 28, but Paul shouted at him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and all who lived in his household. Even at, the, even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. He brought them into his house and set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Notice verse 25 there. Here they are in this situation, and it says, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening, and then suddenly God moved. In the middle of their situation of prison, in the middle of their situation having just been stripped and beaten, um, they were in a prison and they began to pray and they began to worship. There was a discipline that they had that in the middle of their current circumstance, which was not favorable at all, something within them just began to pray. Something within them began uh, to worship. So they saw that prayer um, was doing what God had intended. That night in jail led them to a man who needed Jesus. He was the jailer. Their prayer led to a miraculous earthquake that showed the power of God. How do we know it showed the power of God? Because the jailer, he knew something. God, guys, what, what do I have to do to be saved? Because, first of all, the prison doors were opened by this massive earthquake, and no one left. No one escaped when they could have. There's something within that that God was orchestrating that turned out differently because um, think about this logically for a moment. Your life could be on the line, okay? 
when the prison doors fly open, what are you going to do? You're going to go. But as Paul and Silas were praying, they began to recognize that God wanted a different outcome in all of this. So what, it, what happened? The jailer took them home, fed them, ministered to their wounds, and you know, put bandages and different things like that on them. As a result of all of this and being in his home, the whole household was saved. You see how prayer, it can change our focus and it can align us to what God wants to do and the outcome can be greater than what we, had ever, what, had, what we could have ever imagined because his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts, his plans are not our plans. As a matter of fact, they're so much bigger. So why pray? Well, that's one of the reasons, but look at this quote. Spiritual strongholds cannot be broken by human strategies. I want you to think about that for a moment. Spiritual strongholds cannot be broken by human strategies. Now, yes, this was a physical stronghold. The jail, the prison was a physical stronghold. But there was something much deeper that was happening as well. Uh, there was something spiritual that was happening. Why, why would the leaders, the religious leaders, want them thrown in jail? There was something very spiritual that was happening. Christ was being, had been revealed to the world. And there was a spiritual battle. The enemy did not want this message to continue. But let's look at another story that shows this, how spiritual strongholds cannot be broken by human strategies. There was a time when Jesus' disciples were not, um, were not able to initiate a miracle of deliverance. And he, he told them why they couldn't do this. So look with me uh, in Mark chapter 9. I'm actually going to read from the New King James. There's a word that, that is in here. It's just translated same word just translated a little bit differently mark 9 14 out of the new king james says james says this and when they had come to the multitude a man kept came to him kneeling down to him saying lord have mercy on my son for he is an epileptic and suffers severely for he often falls into the fire and often into the water so i brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him Okay, so here's a situation where everything the disciples were trying to do was not working to set this, this man free. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we cast it out? Jesus, in verse 20, said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this is verse 21, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Is it safe to say that the disciples were not practicing these disciplines or maybe were not prepared? I think so. Why would Jesus say that this kind can only go out but by prayer and fasting? Well, the disciples weren't able to do it. So there was something that they were missing within this. And it was the two disciplines of prayer and fasting that were there. When we are talking about a harvest of lost souls for God's kingdom, we must begin with prayer. And that's, that's this year, that's the focus this year, even more so than, than usual, is people coming to Jesus. What is it going to take? Prayer and fasting. Why are we beginning the year 2020 like we do all other years with prayer and fasting? One, we want to hear clearly from God, 
But I believe even more than that, especially with the focus that we have, that I want to see a harvest of many souls come to Jesus this year. I really do. By the way, if you have not subscribed, you can do that. I sent out an email. If you do not get email, there's a couple of printed copies in the back. As you're going out to the left side on the table there, you will see 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's not too late to pick up on it. Go ahead and get caught up. But let's pray and let's fast this year for people to come to Jesus because spiritual strongholds cannot be broken by human strategies. We can strategize all day long about how to bring people to Jesus. We can come up with our, we'll do this, we'll do that. But you know, most of the time when people come to Christ, it may happen in a church service, but in most cases, the work has gone on long before that. Because men and women have been committed to prayer and God has opened opportunities for people to come into the kingdom of God. Just opportunities have been opened how did that happen? Well, the human strategies were done away with. We began to pray, get on our knees, pray, began to fast, and God did his thing. We'll get to fasting here in just a few moments. So when we're talking about a harvest of lost souls for God's kingdom, we must begin with prayer. Luke 10, 2, Jesus brings up this statement. He says, these were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. What are they doing? Praying to the Lord, who is the one who is in charge of the harvest, and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now, this is a great Bible college type of story, but you don't see, pray that God would send more kids to Bible college to bring people in. It doesn't say that. It says workers. Who are workers? Believers. Let's pray for more people that we, and we're going to do this here in just a moment, that we would be willing, we would be emboldened, that we would be ready, that we would recognize the opportunities to tell people about Jesus. So we are praying during these 21 days of prayer and fasting, uh, according to what we're reading through so far, is that God would send forth laborers. Each and every person in here who is a believer, you are a worker in God's kingdom. And we're praying, God, don't let us rely on our human strategies. We will strategize. We will make opportunities but going into it, we're going to recognize it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by God's Spirit that people come to Jesus. The longer you live this Christian life, the more opportunities you have to look back and see how God has been faithful to answer prayer. Think about that for a moment. The longer that you've lived this Christian life, the more opportunities you have to look back and see how God has been faithful to answer prayer. I can remember my mom gathering my brother and I to pray about different family matters that we were facing. There was not a, we prayed every night. She, had a, she would come into our room. We would all get down on our knees at the bed. You've heard me tell this story maybe. Um, but we would get on our knees. We would pray. She would make, she would make us pray, right? You're, it's your turn to pray because she wanted to teach us what it was. But there were times where she would come in and she would say, all right, boys, we have this going on and we need God to come through. Amen. She would call in reinforcements because there was something she understood, parents, there was something she understood about the faith of a child. We didn't understand everything. We just knew she said, pray and ask God. And so we did. We prayed. But these moments were usually moments that um, she knew she needed agreement in prayer. 
She was teaching us that God answers prayers. And she would remind us. When God came through, she would say, do you remember when we prayed about this two months ago? Remember when we prayed about this a while back? She taught us to pray so that when God answered, we knew without a doubt it was Him. Parents, grandparents, it's so important to teach your kids to pray and even to ask God, to petition God for things because God answers prayer. And the more my brother and I saw these things happening, we were like, wow, he, he, there is something to this. We knew God was real. We believed in Jesus, but he truly answers prayer. Church, pray. Petition God. Ask. Amen. He will answer what are you facing today that you aren't sure how it will work out? Pray. Pray according to his will. And be willing to accept his will and his answer that may not line up with how we think it should line up. Often it won't, but I found this too, even though I may not have liked the particular immediate outcome in the long run, man, I saw how God just blessed abundantly, exceedingly abundantly more than I could have ever asked or imagined or thought. That's prayer. That's what prayer will do. We don't know when and where God will move in ways that far exceeding anything we could generate on our own. But we do know that prayer is often the seedbed for the miraculous. I'll say that again. Prayer is often the seedbed for the miraculous. Um, this is our verse here. I want you to repeat this with me. Jeremiah 29, 12. It says, in those days, read it with me. In those days when you pray, I will listen if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. You can tell Lisa's with kids sometimes because you're supposed to say that part too. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. There's something about the discipline of prayer and seeking after God that you will find him. We learned that early on because of what my mom instructed us to do. Pray. Even when you don't hear from God, you may not hear from him for a couple of days. You know what? What is God building? What is God establishing? What is he wanting to teach me in the meantime? But God will answer. If you seek me, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. Well, let's briefly cover fasting here. Um, Isaiah 58 verses 3 through 12 covers um, a, a, really the idea of fasting. I want to read this to you just quickly. Um, so you can either follow along. It won't, this will not be on the screen, so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. But this is Isaiah 58, 3 through 12. And here's God bringing some correction, in a sense, to what fasting is. It says, We have fasted before you, they say. Why aren't you impressed? We have been very hard on ourselves, and you don't even notice it. So they're telling God, God, we're fasting, but it's like you don't even notice. Why aren't you impressed with us, Lord? I'll tell you why I respond. It's because you're fasting to please yourselves. Even while you fast, you keep oppressing your workers. What good is fasting when you keep on fighting and quarreling? This kind of fasting will never get you anywhere with me. Humble yourselves by going through the mo or you humble yourselves by going through the motions of penance, bowing your heads like reeds bent in the wind. You dress in burlap and cover yourselves with ashes. Is this what you call fasting? Do you really think it will please the Lord? No, this is the kind of fasting I want. This is what God is saying. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. I think that speaks literally, but I think it also speaks to maybe forgiveness. 
Because we can imprison, really we imprison ourselves, I think, the relationship there. So anyway, that's just a, my personal thought on that. Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give those, uh, clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Is that really in there? Yeah. Um, verse 8. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. See, this is the promise fulfilled now because we've done these things. Uh, let me read that again. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will Yeah, your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. God bless you. Now, verse 9. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, "Yes, I am here." He will quickly reply. Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your fingers and spreading vicious rumors. Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. You notice how much fasting involves looking out for others? looking out for the needs of others as well. And then that's when things begin happening in your own life. So fasting isn't necessarily, we'll get into this in just a moment. I don't know particularly what you're fasting during this time, but what are you doing with that time? What are you doing with that energy? What are you doing with that food? Uh, God's saying, look to the needs of other people during this time. That's important to do. And then, of course, we see uh, the results that are happening so what we just read, fasting is about repentance and serving others instead of ourselves. Jesus taught that fasting was not an oppressive expectation that discourages you, right? Because when I think about giving up something, you know, we give up things up for Lent or whatever it may be, but for fasting that we have right now, when we think about giving up something, I'm like, oh, Lord, I can't, I can't do without this for 21 days, you know, woe is me. It's not an oppressive expectation that discourages you, but it involves a heart of willingness to hear from the Father by denying ourselves of pleasure in order to hear from God. Here's what I have found in the years that we've done this and other times throughout the year I may do a particular fast or whatever. It is so worth it just so that I can hear from God on a level like never before. To have such clarity like I've never seen before because I've taken time to pray and to fast and it's not about, oh, I hope I can make it through. I hope I can, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Man, this is exciting because I know at the end of this, despite my human efforts to make things happen, God is going to come through. His word says he will. You think about Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. The devil came to him for 40 days and 40 nights. Jesus was hungry. He was, go three days without food. Go, a, skip a meal. <laughs> skip a snack, a little snacky. You know, and you're thinking, oh, I'm so hungry. But 40 days, he was hungry. It goes on to say, the devil came to him and he said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones become loaves of bread because Jesus had the ability to do that. 
But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So in this case, it was food that he was fasting. And he was recognizing, yes, I could have this pleasure of bread. I could turn this stone into bread. But my goal in this, because I'm about to start this ministry that my father has intended for me, I need spiritual food at this moment. I need to hear from God. And that's what Jesus was doing. People do not live by bread alone, <clears throat> but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So just practically, and then we're going to pray. What does fasting look like? Well, if you've been here for a while, we've talked about this. Sometimes it's certain foods. It may be sugar, bread, meat, soda, maybe all of those things, carbs. Different. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fast those for a while. It may be a meal a day. Uh, some, I don't know, whatever it is. Um, I was talking to somebody this morning. I'm like, hey, how's it going? He's like, dude, I'm totally coming off of this sugar right now. And it's, it's been a bad morning. You know, just, your body's getting rid of all those things. Uh, it can be tough. But here's what it reminds us of. In the middle of that coming off of coffee and the caffeine or whatever it may be, it reminds us that man shall not live by Krispy Kreme donuts and sugar and bread and all these things. I know he's like, well, dude, we're right in the middle of a fast. Do you really have to bring that up? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So when those hunger pains are striking, when I'm getting a little bit irritated because my body is coming off of whatever it is, you know, getting used to. Okay, David, right now you're about to react in a human form because you're irritated. But man does not live by bread alone. How would God ask me to respond in this situation? Be led by him. Others may choose to fast like a social media. This, fact, this aspect of our lives can take up so much time, you know, checking this, checking that, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, uh, whatever they are, all the different things that are out there, Snapchat. During that time that you would be checking it, you know, you pick up your phone, let's see what people are doing. Oh, that's right, I deleted all those apps off of my phone. I need to pray now. You take that time to pray. Don't need to know everybody's business anyway, right? Although it is kind of fun. You may choose to fast something else. Here it is. The point is not to replace, the point is to replace something that takes your time and or your thoughts and your energies and give that time to God in prayer and fasting for other people. That his will be done, his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are seeking. God for the greatest outpouring of his Holy Spirit in our lifetime, globally, just Foursquare Church. The last big revival in America was the 20s Christian, something like that, the big revival coming out of that. Angelus Temple, yeah, the, the whole leading up to that, yeah. It is time for a revival, for an outbreak and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What is it going to take? People who are committed to seek the Lord. Yeah, well, we seek the Lord. But I'm talking about really digging in, really just, God, not my will, but your will be done. It will take the whole church, this Foursquare says this a lot, it will take the whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. And it begins right here in Mooresville or wherever you live. Statesville, Salisbury. Yeah, it begins in us, absolutely. The revival initially begins in us. 
And then we see from that overflow of the Holy Spirit, right? We're filled with the Spirit, but it needs to be to overflow so that it is flowing out of us. It's touching the people that are around us. God, will you cause a revival to start in my heart that it just can't be stopped? That people around me, that, that those who see what you're doing, they recognize, first of all, God, that it's you. They'll see you. They'll see the results happening in your life. And you get to tell your story. Your story of how God has brought you freedom, whatever it is, your story, it, it's so effective. And then you, it's shaped by the word of God. People can't resist that. I mean, they can, but it's going to be really hard for them to. They're going to have to make a willful decision that, you know what? I hear it, but I'm just not going to serve him. I'm not going to choose him. Make it. I heard somebody say this, and I wish I could remember who it was. It was a writer or a book I was reading one time or something. But he said, I want to be the guy who is standing, not at the gates of hell, but just in front of the gates of hell, turning people around. So that as they are on their way, that I'm one of the last stops so that I can tell them my story about Jesus. Let's be the first guy too, but be willing to be the last guy who says, you need Jesus. I want us to pray about a few things, three specific areas, and I've asked a few people um, if they will pray. Mr. Stowe, if you'll just, you just stand right where you are. Mr. Stowe is going to lead us, and I want this to be your prayer as well, but availability and a willingness to follow God's will and to follow God's plan. Yeah, you can do it, Doug. Also, that way I can read these things. So as Mr. Stowe is praying, just agree with him. And again, this prayer is not for everybody else. This prayer is for, for you. Father God, this morning as we come in, into your house, into your presence, uh, I pray by your spirit we would allow our minds to be cleansed and our thoughts. Uh, we all have ideas. We all have uh, ambitions. We all have things we say we will and won't do. But Lord, I pray that we will have this ability, excuse me, this availability. We, none of us have the ability. But this availability and willingness to follow God's plan individually and as a church body. God, I can do what I want to do. Sometimes I can do what you want me to do. But it is extremely hard sometimes to do what somebody tells me to do. But Lord, I pray today that your spirit would draw me, would draw this church, would draw the church in general into a relationship which compels me, compels us to read your word and then to live the word. And Father God, to share the word. David just said it. Foursquare says it all the time. The whole church taking the whole gospel to the whole world. Father God, just enable me this year. Compel me. In whatever it takes, even in my uncomfortable state, to take Jesus as he is to people as they are. Lord, this, this, this time, this day, this very moment might be a change that we might be willing to open ourselves to that not to send others, but to lead the way. Lord, I pray this in Christ's name. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Uh, Miss Beth is going to be the next one to pray. You can just stand where she can stand where she is and take that to her. Thanks, Doug. She's going to be, I'm going to ask Miss Beth if you will pray for the lost to come to Christ, that we would do our part, but the Holy Spirit would just draw people. Heavenly Father, as we enter into your divine presence this morning, Father, we each one have, have or we know of someone close by who does not know you. Give us hearts that are open unto you, Lord, to begin to seek your word, to seek your face, to begin to fast and pray as never before for those that are lost, that we can reach out and that you will also send others into their paths, Lord, to lead them unto thee. Give us that burden, Lord, that hunger in our hearts when we look out and we know that any day, any hour, any minute, they could go out into eternity unprepared and live a life of eternity in hell without God. Give us that longing, that yearning, that burden within us, God, to seek the lost and help them to prepare and then to be willing to take the time to mentor them as they grow in you. Open our hearts. Open our hearts to you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. And then Miss Gail is going to pray for our, our boldness and our approach to personal witness. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you today, I just pray that each one, a boldness starts even if it's just with a flame, dear Lord, that, it, that then as we prepare, we come back and we spend time with you and we listen and we're sensitive to you and what you're asking of us and what you're directing us to do or say. Dear Lord, even as we begin our days and say, Lord, let me touch somebody for you, that when that moment comes, we're so sensitive to your direction, Lord, that we're bold enough just to, to step out and take hold of that moment. It can come in just a second, or it can be, I know I've had it come, dear Lord, in days that I know that at this moment's coming, but I've had many more times when it's just been spur of the second, or it seemed to me that it was, where you had it planned all along, Lord. I just pray that as we come and we, we bow before you and we spend time with you, Lord, that you build our sensitivity. And as we do that, Lord, our boldness grows. Help us to grab hold of those moments. Don't be afraid because if we're listening and in touch with you and what you've led us to do, Lord, we'll know it's you. I pray that for each one here and in every church across our country and across the world, dear Lord, that their boldness for you would just be a, f a flame and then into a bonfire within them. Pray that you would take that, dear Lord, and use it and bring others to you, and then let them get the same thing, the same flame that just burst into that fire. I thank you, Lord, and praise your name for that boldness in you. And there, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Um, 
as Miss Beth was praying it, it reminded me that something that's on here, something we've already prayed about. Um, but before I do that, Lisa, will you come on up and just be ready to play? I'm going to have you guys dismiss if you want to pray as we dismiss here in a few moments. But the stoves are going to be available um, to pray. If you need agreement and prayer for anything particular, um, please come forward and allow them to pray over you. Um, but what I want to do, and I wanted to ask somebody else, but I didn't get their permission beforehand uh, because I did think about this, but I didn't do anything about it. Anyway, I'm going to put my son on the spot. I'm going to have you pray just for the generation that you're a part of. Um, willingness, um, availability, Nathan, um, you know, that, that you guys exceed the expectations that are put on your generation or the lack of expectation, but just that you guys would respond to that call. Can we stand for this um, just as we agree for this? Dear Lord, I thank you for the generation that you're rising up, Lord God, this new generation that's going to come, the new generation that's going to bring revival to the church, Lord God. I pray that we would be ministered to, Lord God, and that we would be built up by our church family right now, God, so that way in 10, 15 years, maybe five years, Lord God, that we'd be able to go out and that we'd be able to seek out and pray for the lost, Lord God, and bring them back to you, Lord God. I pray that we would see overwhelming numbers of people come to see you, God, people that would come to Christ, Lord God, and that, again, that church would be run, or America would be run by God, and maybe even the world. We would pray, Lord God. Sasha and I love you so much. Again, Happy New Year. Please allow the elders to pray for you if you have any need whatsoever. Miss Vicki, will you just close us out today? Father God, we thank you for the uh, opportunities that we have to pray. And Lord, I pray that as we go our way this day and through this week, Lord, that you would show us those that we are to witness to, those that we are to speak peace and comfort to, Lord, give us, as Miss Gail prayed, give us that boldness, Lord, to step out in faith, knowing that you have led us. Lord, that you have led us to these people that you have placed in our path. And Lord, I pray that you would give us not just boldness, but Lord, give us remembrance of your word, that we can speak the word into the lives of those that we come in contact with. Go with us this day, Lord. Use us for your glory. And Lord, begin that revival in each one of us. Because if it is to be, it's going to be through me. And Lord, I pray that we would pray that and believe that in Jesus' name. Amen.